One, two, three. Check, check, check. One, two, three. We're in. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. This is uh, this is Inside the Mind's Eye, uh, where we explore the thoughts, the ideas, and emotions of people who are pursuing a dream or people who have realized a dream for themselves. And it's been a while since I've sat here. It's been a while since I've done a little monologue action. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff to report. There's a there's a we actually have a really awesome guest on the show today. Her name is Lindsay Sizemore, and her story is incredible. She uh, I don't want to give too much of it away, but uh, she went to she went to prison when she was 25 or 26. I can't remember which one, but she went to prison and she was in prison for three years. The weekend that she went into prison um, was the weekend that her mom passed away. And while she was there, she had an experience on in the cell in the in the cell that she was in. And I, I don't want to de- describe it because she does it in the show, but it's extremely fascinating to to hear her encounter with reality at one of the lowest points of her life and what she's done since then to bounce back. And so, yeah, she'll be on the show in just a few minutes. Uh, we'll hear her whole we'll, we'll hear her uh, whole story. Here, whole. Let me get my voice, my voice box working here. I'm in, as you can tell, if you're watching video, I'm somewhere totally not where I've normally been, which is I'm in Portland, Oregon. I'm at uh, Melissa's house. I've got Eli sitting over here. He's he's uh, playing on the YouTube. The kid is a uh, kid is a computer dude. He's just, he lives in it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm, I, I uh, you know, I talked last the last episode about sharing a little bit about what's been going on with me and uh, and the progress that we're making with shared space and you know it, it's been a it's been a weird and a wild week. A lot has been happening that I was not expecting to happen. Um, you know, it, it kind of starts with Lindsay. Uh, you know, when I you know, I reached out to I, re- I reached out to Lindsay a couple weeks ago to see if she would come on the show and. Uh, you know, after emailing and talking over Facebook Messenger, we, we got it to happen and we we got on the phone and I talked to her before we recorded this episode. And after that conversation, because um, she talked a lot about writing and she talked a lot about all the action that she takes. And, you know, I, I'm 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 an aspiring man of action. Uh, my action seems to be that of stillness though. Like I have to take action to be still. <laughs> um, I don't want to run anymore. I don't want to make things happen anymore. And after listening to Lindsay and it was almost like her, her energy after the phone call affected me in some way because I couldn't go to sleep that night. I had all these ideas and these thoughts running through my mind and it was like, Oh my God, I'm about to start writing. And you know, I wanted to sleep, but I started writing anyway. And I haven't stopped. So I've been publishing stuff on the website pretty much every day. I've been putting up a piece of writing and uh, it's been a, it's been a cool experience because it feels like fun. It doesn't feel like I'm trying to convince anyone of anything or I'm trying to embody some level of emotional vulnerability. It doesn't feel like I'm trying to prove anything. It's just these things are, are, are things that I'm, that are getting written. And I, and I think they could provide value for someone. And so let's share them, you know. And also it's like my whole, my relationship with the process of sharing has changed as well. It's, it used to be when I would publish something, I would need to hide from the internet for a day at a time because I was so scared. I was, 
I was so, I was so identified with the piece, whether I like subconsciously, you know, it was almost as if I was I was. Um, yeah, it's it's almost as if I was trying there was somewhere there was something I was trying to get in some sense or a way of being that I felt I needed to adhere to or something like I don't even yeah, I don't even know if I really know what it was, but I was just terrified and scared all the time. And I hated the fact that people could like my shit or comment on my shit or share my shit or not like, not comment or not share that it was, I don't know. I just felt like I know what it was. It was kind of like everything I did felt like it was the most important thing I've ever done. <laughs> That's really what it was. And so I felt like it was so valuable you know, because I, tr I, tr I treated it with so much care and so much concern and how much effort and energy I put into editing and writing and, and publishing. It was like it mattered so much to me. And things have changed. Like, I just don't, it just doesn't matter anymore. Like, it's just, I've, 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 I've always kind of known this, but I haven't, hadn't really embodied it. But everything I'm doing, this podcast, that writing, you know, this song, whatever, the video, whatever. It's just another blip in the stream of consciousness, so to say, of the, of the totality of human expression in the form of internet content. And it just doesn't matter. It's not going to make my life any better or any worse. The act itself is what I enjoy doing, and the process is what I enjoy doing. And it could help. It could. And if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It helps me to do it. And it's fun to do it. Like I'm enjoying doing it. So there, there really is nothing else. And so it's been a process of, of training myself or at, least, or at least getting used to the process of sharing and being okay with li people liking it or not liking it or if it lands or doesn't land. It's just, it's what, what bubbles to the surface, what I love to do, this podcast, that piece of uh, writing. But yeah, so... Lindsay's coming up in just a minute. Shared space. Okay. So what is today? Tuesday. Last Friday, I went and met with one of my partners for shared space. And um, he wrote us a check. Uh, he wrote us a check for a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, it's to continue to the development of version two, this version of shared space that we're designing for treatment centers and IOPs. And, you know, I, I left his house and it was a weird thing. I felt, I didn't really feel, I, 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 if I'm being honest, I felt scared. I was feeling anxious, nervous, and I was like, oh man, there's all this money, you know. And I, I was kind of anxious or nervous because, really, because I didn't really feel anything. It didn't feel like a great success. It didn't feel, I mean, this is the first, this is the most, this is the, the, this is the, I mean, if this was me three or four years ago when I was starting all this stuff, I'd have been losing my shit and overwhelmed with like excitement. And this was the thought I had in the shower yesterday, but the, you know, the reality is, you know, seven, a little over seven years ago, I was a junkie and I was a heroin addict. I was stealing money from people. I owed money to my roommates. I owed money to a lot of people. I'd caused, you know, harm to myself and I and I added no value in anyone's lives. I was just shooting dope every day. Like straight up train spotting, requiem for a dream, junkie is what I was. No college degree, no prospect of, of a dream for my life, no nothing other than just waking up sick all the time and needing to use dope. 
And that's where I was. Uh, you know, and last Friday, someone gave me <laughs> a, a shit. I, I don't know why I don't want to say the value amount because it doesn't really matter, but gave a shitload of money uh, for, for me and us to continue developing a company. So one, you know, one day or one, or one moment of time, I'm, I'm a junkie who will steal and, and anything from anyone to get anything. And then the next time I'm the owner of a company that's valued at so-and-so amounts of money. Like, I don't know. It's just a trip to me. I was thinking about it in the shower. I hadn't had that thought. I hadn't realized where I'd come from and where I was at. And the reality of all of it is I didn't like, I didn't lie. I didn't, I didn't, I've been honest about who I've been this whole time. At no point do, do, has anybody that's worked with me been unaware that I was a heroin addict and I am constantly doing recovery related stuff. I've been transparent and open about it the whole way through. And I don't know. I just, I, it was just a trip to, to sit there and think, man, it wasn't that long ago that I was all sorts of fucked up. And now people are trusting me with, with a, with a, with, with funds. And so I called my dad and, um, I was like, listen, this is what's going on. This is what just happened. I don't know how to feel, you know, and he kind of brought me back. He helped me clear my mind and get back to reality, which is like, just keep going, just keep doing your do. You know what you're focusing on each day at a time and, and, and just stays, keep your eyes on the prize, just keep moving forward. And that's, that's what it is. Nothing's changed. You know, um, we're interviewing engineers right now, we're, um, developers to, to code. We've designed the new version, uh, and, uh, we're ready to start coding. And so, you know, until then I'm just dotting the T's, crossing the I's, continuing to get the contract signed and set up and, and taking it a day at a time, just like, you know, I just like, just like we do. So that's the update with shared space. Uh, we are in business. Uh, we're going to get this thing developed and we're going to start getting it out there. So I'll, I'll, I'll continue to keep us posted as, as things continue to happening the rest of the week. It's just, like I said, contracts and stuff, but you know, and writing and these podcasts. So yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm really glad you, you stopped by whoever you may be. And, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and dive into the story. This is, uh, this is a conversation I had with uh, Lindsay a few days ago, and uh, yeah, it, it goes it goes all the way there and back again. <laughs> a hobbit's tale. For all right, I'll. That's Eli telling me to just drop the tape, like drop us in the conversation. <laughs> Quit meandering. Let's do it. This is inside the mind's eye with Lindsay Sizemore. Welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. Absolutely, watch me fumble through this intro real quick. <laughs> so this is this is Inside the Mind's Eye, and we explore the thoughts, ideas, and emotions of people who are pursuing a dream or wanting to make sense of their dreams or living, uh, I guess, a dream or an actualized version of themselves. 
So that's like the, the concept of the show. But, but at the root of it really is, I basically, I, I find people that, that are interesting and I ask them to come on the show. Nice, I'm interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, uh, I saw you, I've, I've been seeing your posts on Facebook and you, the way you, the way you communicate what you're doing throughout your days and in your life and how you're sharing your story, uh, to me, I just don't see enough of, of people really being honest and authentic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, you know, kind of like where you came from and how you came into this state of being where you're willing to let people in on, in your, in your journey or your truth. Yeah. So I didn't get here overnight. That's for sure. Um, I've experienced a lot and, you know, um, for those who don't know, um, my name is Lindsay Sizemore, and um, I'm a woman that's on a journey uh, to continue just to live my best life and, and understand um, unique experiences. And at one point, it just seemed like they were experiences that almost held me captive, and I didn't really have a lot um, of explanation for them. Um, I, as a child growing up in a pretty dysfunctional home, um, I began to just always want to escape. Always wanted to escape. I always wanted to be somewhere else, you know. That need to escape, how it eventually led me to have no other choice but to escape within myself. Because over the course of my life, from the time that I was a child, I was always looking to escape, to feel something better, to feel, do something else. And then I had been looking outside of me all along. And, and it wasn't until that jail cell moment and until I was somewhere where obviously I could no longer go outside of me anymore. The only choice I had was to go inside of me. My phone keeps going off. <laughs> um, so the only, the only point, the only thing that I, uh, option I had was to, you know, escape inside of me, which is where all the answers and which, where everything lied to begin with. And like my whole life, I was always looking outwardly. And so that's kind of, I think, where I was going with that. But um, yeah, I can. Well, I mean, I can, I can relate. It's similar to me as like, you know, growing up, I thought I, football was my thing. I would be an athlete. And so that was my identity. And then I discovered drugs, alcohol, and I could feel pleasure at any time I wanted, you know, relationships with people. The, is that the escape you're talking about? Like escape? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I just think it's interesting how I was always trying to escape. And then when I was finally in a position to where I couldn't like literally could not physically or anything escape like it forced me to escape into myself it was a place that I had never been you had, to confront, you had to confront yourself to an extent yeah and um and I mean it, I just remember being a child and just always wanting to run away run away run away run away take me to a place I've never been something and even when you're using and becoming, you know, getting high and then it's just like all of a sudden you're not high enough, you know, take me to another place, take me to another place. But when I finally went into um, and I got incarcerated and I was in the jail cell, it was like, OK, now I really need to escape and now I really need to go to a place I've never been. And that place was inside of me, which was the scariest of it all, you know, and um, I say I'm a lot and I'm going to try not to. So. I had no choice but to allow myself to confront myself and meet myself for the first time. When I got into that jail cell, I had no idea who I was. I had no idea how the hell I had gotten there. 
I, I just, none of it made any sense. And I think when things don't make sense, it hurts us even more. And it wasn't until I got that pen out and that paper out and I started writing everything I could possibly think of. And I mean, now I'm kind of getting into my story. I didn't know at the time I was like writing a book or writing, you know, my life story. I was really just trying to simply logically put piece together, you know, the last few memories that led me up to that. And then, you know, when I was a child, what led me up to that? And I just started piecing things together and discovering, you know, false things that I had truly believed inside for so long. But when you work on this, is kind of off on a tangent, but when you organize things and you put things in order as they, as they happen, even if they feel insignificant, you start to realize like lies you told yourself. And, and then you start to, you start to heal because you can make sense and gain clarity of, Oh, I can see how I fell into that. You know, I can see how, um, I can see how I wanted this or how my needs weren't being met. And, and then I kind of got off my own back. Like, yeah, I got stuck in addiction, but I can get off my own back about it. Good God. You know, this was happening. This was happening. I experienced this. I'm a human, you know, and then recovery. This is something I was thinking about this morning. Like in recovery, when we, when we seek to forgive and we seek to um, give other people the right to be a human too. It's like, it's like in giving the other person the right to be a human. It's like we're honestly giving ourselves the right to be a human too. And it's just like this beautiful, um, you know, process that we go through. But anyway, that was just something I was thinking about this morning. Um, but yeah, for this, I can go into, you know, how, um, how it felt, like where I was at, if you want. I can like paint the picture of that darkness. And, you know, I told you previously, it was a combination of the first time I'd ever been introduced to the criminal justice system, coupled with uh, my mother dying by suicide on my birthday. <laughs> and then just being completely in like um, a state of grief that felt like it was gonna kill me, you know? And then that whole death in life transition mentally to where I knew what I wanted. And the only thing I knew I wanted is I didn't wanna die and I didn't wanna die in the cell, nor did I want my story to be the story that, of what happened to my mother. And there was a lot of acceptance in that, you know, um, a lot of stigma, a lot of shame. There's a lot of breaking that has to happen in order to accept that. Because if I was honest with myself, and even I think you shared with me before that, you know, we, I may not have been out there saying I'm going to kill myself, but I was putting myself in situations and, and putting substances into my body that could have killed me. I didn't care. You know, I was, I was a decision away from indirectly doing the same thing. And I had to get real with myself because, um, I didn't want to, I didn't want any, at first it looked like I didn't want anybody else to experience the pain that I'm experiencing now from the loss of my mom. But in wanting that, I can't like not want other people not to give up without like me first not giving up. And so I knew that it started with me and so I had to do whatever it took in order to not give up and to, you know, and at that point, you know, the criminal justice system, the court system is telling me I'm about to do 20 years of my life. And so here I am with this in one ear. And then in the other ear, I am, you know, trying my best to figure out how I'm not going to give up. You know, how do I even dream anymore? How do I even, how do I even, you know, wrap my head around something that seems so big? 
Um, and and it was it was just such a breaking point. Are we recording right now? Yeah. Or oh, great! I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I I just remember um, being there, you know, dying of grief inside and just for everything. I felt like a mistake, you know. When I looked in the mirror, I didn't. I didn't know who I was and in jail it's like it's not really like a, a, a mirror that you look at in, in like your your bathroom it's like a piece of aluminum it's already you know uh, not very clear I didn't know who I was and and that scared me I didn't know how I had gotten there and you know at this point I had never felt more like more of a mistake than I had ever felt you know I was like 20 I was 25 years old on January 17th, 2013. And, you know, I had nothing to say for my life. I felt like everything I touched, you know, uh, had just been destroyed and, and that there was really nothing I could do to, um, or have done to be even proud of. And so I hated that feeling. And so that only added to that, Oh my gosh, I'm going to die in the cell. Surely I'm not alive still. And I'm just a mistake. There's gotta be something left inside of me that I'm supposed to do. Um, but I don't have the strength to even breathe right now. And so it kind of looked and showed itself as a, um, like a panic attack, you know, I was panicking and, and, uh, and I just remember like, it was really cold outside, you know, it was January and it, for those who have been locked up, they know that if it's cold outside, it's cold inside too. And usually you're doing everything you can to wear all the clothes they give you. And, uh, and I just remember feeling really, really hot, you know, I'm crying. It's not pretty. And the only, I was so hot that, um, I remember the only thing that was cool or slightly cool in my cell was the floor. And so I had just naturally just trying to breathe, trying to get through this moment, like found myself just placing my head, like my cheeks on the tile of the ground. And, um, I remember thinking, you know, after just breathing there for a second, head on the ground, I realized that uh, my body, my whole body was actually in the surrender position, um, like on your knees, head on the ground. Um, I was, you know, attached to earth. I was still alive. I was super hot. And, and it just kind of like made me stand still for a moment because, you know, what the surrender position symbolizes um, was huge. And, and I remember thinking, <laughs> wow, like, you know, I, this is bigger than me. You know, I can't, um, I can't get through this next moment. You know, I need something to step in. You know, I don't want to diet. I want to live, you know, and, and I just, I don't know how, I just don't know how to live, you know? And, um, and I remember thinking in that moment, like it was such a moment of clarity because I realized that I live my whole life thinking that, you know, nobody understands me and I can do it all by myself. And, and I got this and, you know, just felt like I always had to be like super strong, you know, and I got this and, and, it, and it honestly hurt me in the end because I'm sure that was, there was tons of help around and I just couldn't see it because of that pride. And so I'm on my knees and I'm, I'm down there and, and I just remember realizing that in this moment, it was so clear. The only person that I had been fighting, you know, my whole life, my whole life was me. It wasn't anything else. It was all me. And if that was the, since that was the case, it was like this first truth that kind of went through my mind. Then that means I could take control of this moment now and 
you know, I can, I can give myself permission to break, just surrender, just break, just, and, and that's what I did, you know, I'm stubborn as they come. So it's like, it's not going to happen unless I give myself permission, you know, to, to, to just break and just start over and say, you know what, maybe I wasn't right about this, or maybe, maybe I was wrong, or maybe I did fail. And, and it was just like this huge accepting moment and it gave me strength. Um, there's something about that moment that, um, helped me see that, you know, I may not feel it and I may not know it, but there's something inside of me that I know is worth living for. And it was so small, but it was just enough. It was just enough to feel, um, a comfort that I hadn't felt, um, since God knows how long, you know, I had entered the criminal justice system in a very traumatic place, not just from the death of my mother, but from a lifestyle that I had come from. And, you know, comfort is the last thing that you feel on a daily basis. So in this moment, I felt this comfort and, and I remember, I mean, I was just so hot. It was just unbelievable. It was like sensational. Um, and, and I remember the next day I had enough strength to pick up a pen, get a little piece of paper, um, had these inmate request forms and you know, it's been so long since I even wrote anything on paper. I didn't even know what my handwriting looked like anymore. And I started writing and I wrote a page or like a little paragraph on the back of the paper and I submitted it and I just simply asked if I could be a volunteer into this recovery program. Now, you know, I don't know anything about recovery at this point. I know nothing about it. I know that I'm in a place where I am desperate for connection. I need somebody to talk to. Um, I am just overwhelmed with thoughts and they don't make sense. And I need, I need to just have a sounding board. I don't even care if they don't talk back to me. I need to be able to connect to something because it felt like that absence in my life had just hollowed me out inside. Like there had been no connection. I was tired of being lonely. Um, and, and so I wrote and it was a 90 day program. You know, I submitted that paper asking to be a volunteer. Now I was incarcerated for multiple drug trafficking charges and gun charges and this, like crazy raid that happened and it would look really bad on paper and uh, it definitely didn't, you know, you know, it, the judge definitely wasn't going to mandate me to this program. So needless to say, I had to get creative and I had to say, Hey, look, I know that you guys don't have volunteers, but I'd like to be a volunteer in this class. You know, while I sit in here, I want to be able to utilize this time just to work on myself or I'll go crazy. And so uh, two months go by and I haven't heard anything. And I remember sitting there and uh, they called me out of lunch and they interviewed me for that volunteer, you know, participant volunteer for this program. And I got accepted into it. And I come to find out the instructor, instructor had just experienced a pretty tragic loss as well. So our pain, we connected in, in that and he gave me a shot. And I didn't know it at the time, but like that was the beginning of, you know, recovery being introduced to my life. And, you know, you hear about like addiction and you hear about this and that, but you don't hear about recovery, you know? And so, um, in these, this program, I started to experience, um, that connection, you know, I been silence for so long and, um, I began to, um, see, with my own eyes, like evidence of people like treating you like a human being. I come from, I shared with you before, you know, I'd come from a life where everything costs something. 
and uh, you can actually do enough to be disowned. And, um, you know, I remember, you know, these sponsors and these women just started coming to me and you know, I'm facing 20 years. I'm in an orange jumpsuit. Like they have no idea if I'll ever do anything for them ever. And yet they keep coming back. And that was just the most amazing thing to me. And, um, I remember one day, you know, this woman looked at me and she said, you know, I'm drawing strength from you. That's why I come back. And I was like, me, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> look at me, look at my life. But there was something about either the way she said it or maybe the timing in which she, she had said it or just where I was at with it. Um, but there was a part of me that I remember believing in. Wow. She's, she's drawing strength for me. And there was a, there was like this much of me that just believed it. And it was like the most crazy, it was so beautiful because you know, if you're drawing strength for me and I'm drawing strength from you and it's not based on if I'll ever do anything for you or not. And it's just because it's just because we're on this journey, then, you know, I just realized that, that was the first concept of love I had ever felt and ever really known in my entire life. And so, uh, I got the connection. I began to find my voice. I've been, I began to piece together, you know, my life. And I remember I ended up doing that program like three times. Uh, I was just fighting my, my case in, in the, the system. It took me 16 months to get sentenced. But meanwhile, I was fortunate enough to be able to keep volunteering for this class. The third time, the teacher, very intentionally, I now know, um, he, he said, you know, if you're going to do this class, then I need you to do something for me. Just like, okay, sure. Whatever, whatever I got to do here to stay in the class. And he said, you know, you, you need to help this lady named Sarah. I'll never forget Miss Sarah. She was 66 years old and she had struggled with uh, an addiction to crack cocaine her entire life. Um, something I just really couldn't relate to at all. I mean, you couldn't have put two more different people t together. Um, that instructor said, I need you. She can't read, she can't write, but she has a right to recovery as well. And I need you to help her with her homework. This, this third time you're doing this class, you know, you know, the stuff He's like, I want you to help her, you know, with her homework, with her stories and this and that. And I was just like, okay. You know, and I start like knocking on her cell at night. Come on, Miss Sarah, we get it. You know, we got to do our work, you know? And, and I'm like helping her when we had free time, like, right write letters, like practice handwriting, soft, beautiful things that I never, you know, have thought I'd do for anybody. And, uh, and so, I mean, she had a whole life of, of things to write about. And here we are like every letter of every word I'm helping her write her story. And, you know, I say to people, I have no idea if Miss Sarah, you know, remembers me or if I actually, made a difference in her life, but I'm here to tell you that Miss Sarah changed my life because, um, I, this is the first time in my life I was of service to anyone, you know, we're in the same exact jumpsuit color and we're working on this same journey and it doesn't matter if we're, we're totally different, but yet we're the same. And so this like really just like blew my mind and heart away, um, just to experience this and and I knew that um, there was really something to, you know, uh, being of service and giving back and just made me just continue to grow and love myself even more. And, um, and so my journey from, from that, you know, went to prison finally and 
Um, I, I was still um, working my recovery and I was, you know, just trying to um, gain as much strength and enough experience possible while I was there. Cause in my mind and in my heart, I was never, ever, ever going back. And so this is something today I, I, I like to think about, like, even when I'm going through like heartbreak or if I'm going through some sort of loss or trial, you know, I, I, if I recognize it, like inside, I, I recognize that, okay, this is where I'm at. I've experienced things like this before. Um, I'm going to learn everything I possibly can because I am not going to look at this pain like it is a waste. And um, you hear that and you see that in quotes and people say that kind of stuff all the time. Right. I'm putting that into practice. You're not going to do what? Huh? You're not going to do what? Uh, I'm not going to um, let it be a waste. Like my, if I'm experiencing pain, um, if I'm going through some sort of hard time in life, then I usually can recognize that emotion that I'm experiencing. Okay, I've probably been here before. I can relate to this right now. I'm going to not let this pain be in vain, basically. I'm going to learn everything I can right now. And, um, and that requires a lot of um, yeah, what detachment. Is Detach can you hear me? Detachment. Sometimes you have to detach from it and like allow it to exist. Um, like if I'm experiencing something, I'll allow part of that to live and breathe in one part of my mind, but I will give it permission to be there. Um, while the other part of my mind is choosing to learn everything I can from that. Um, you, you, you ever heard of someone say, you know, just imagine, um, imagine you're just like a fly on the wall and you're just watching yourself go through it. It's kind of like that. Um, so there's the pain and it's real and it's valid, but I, I just kind of set it over here so that I can watch it. In real and, time, are you talking about when you're experiencing mm -hmm. pain in real time? Yeah. And, and I, and I started when I was incarcerated and I didn't really know, you know, that's one of the most loneliest places you'll ever be, you know? And, and it's also like every day you dread, okay, this, what I'm going through right now is going to possibly impact my future. What will I really be able to achieve? You know, how are the limitations going to be set on my life? You know, this is painful. How am I going to learn everything I can possibly learn from being inside these prison walls, you know, so that I don't ever have to go through this again. So I looked at it like I was on a research project, a journey, you know, and um, I kind of just made it work for me. So like today, like, like any sort of I think that's what resilience is, is being able to like look at what you're going through and um, look at what you have and just, you know, be a, being able to like make it work for you. Like this is going to work for me, whether it's because I'm going to learn something from this or, you know, I'm going to be um, able to be of use to someone else, you know. And so that's why I looked at the rest of my time. I did a total of three years in prison and, you know, I was connected with a what's called a forensic mentor. This brand new program had no idea what it was, but I, I needed a lot of resources and I needed to, I needed a plan, you know, and I had gotten incarcerated from a period of homelessness. So like getting released back into the community was like, where am I going to live? <laughs> you know, where am I going to go? Now I have one less parent, you know, now I have a little less help and now people don't even know where I'm at. I've been gone, you know, for so many years and, so there was a lot of fear that surrounded that, a lot of fear that I had no choice but to face. And during that time, I remember a counselor, you know, not really knowing what the program was because it was new, um, introduced to me to what's called a forensic peer mentor. And I speak on that because um, 
of what ended up happening for my future with that. Um, that mentor looked at me and said, and they were different than like a sponsor, which you, you know, works with you through like, you know, 12 step meetings and takes you through a, a certain um, set of, you know, guidelines and things like that. And this forensic peer mentor is there to basically um, be living, breathing evidence, say, hey, look, I've been here before. My life is thriving. And uh, what would you like to work on today? And in what order? And all of these things and coming from a very structured environment, such as the criminal justice system and 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 being told what to do and what order and um you know this is how it's going to be and you don't have choices anymore um this this connection with this mentor was like unlike anything i had ever experienced because i'm being given a choice like you know i can wake up and say i want to work on you know uh finding a place to live today or i want to i want to work on what it's going to look like when i'm uh breaking down like i want to write out a list of that it was all like ways and tools of empowering me um, to remember that I do have a choice. And um, today it's just so important. I keep referring back to today because as I speak about these things of my past, like remembering that you have a choice every single day is so important. Right. Um, What's it like for you today? Like what, what are some of the things you're doing? What are some of the things you're applying? Like have you, I always hear the idea that sometimes we take you know, we'll take a two step forward and three step back and then a leap forward. Like, do you feel like you're, you have a grasp on this thing or does it, like, what would you say your daily experience is like? Daily, I, I do. I feel like I'm capable, you know, um, I don't, I just, I feel like I keep producing um, every day, you know, uh, some days more than others, it does feel like. Um, but I never really feel like I go backwards, you know, and, and I don't know if that's just because I've, I've learned to trust myself, um, a lot more these days. Uh, and, and I, I explained to you before, you know, it's incredible how, like, when you choose to change one part of your life, like, you know, getting, you like getting in recovery, like say, I, there's no way I would have been able to have the mindset I do or gain the clarity I have or be able to have the connections and relationships in my life if I hadn't have removed substances from my life completely hands down. So um, I'm really grateful for that. But I, today, I mean, I, I feel, um, I feel like every day is a day that I learn, but I don't feel like I go backwards. I don't, you know, I know that there's a lot of uh, odds stacked against someone like me who, you know, may have been, sorry, that's a dog. Can we go put it on? Wally, stop. Um, he might bark again. Uh, so anyway, uh, you know, I look at life like it's a gift. You know, uh, when I got my own freedom from, you know, just recovery or just freedom back into the world, it's a gift and it can change in a heartbeat, you know. So yes, I can have bad moments, but I really don't think that you can have a bad day. You know, if you've repetitiously told yourself and, and changed the meaning of, of certain thoughts and, and just kind of taking back control of your life and of your thoughts and remembering that you do have control of them, you know, uh, that's a more of a spiritual trend, you know, shift, but go ahead. What did it feel like when you were preparing to leave prison? You'd been there for over two years, right? Well, I was there for three years three years and you're preparing to leave, were you afraid? And what was it like when you got out? What did you do? I was terrified. 
100% terrified. And uh, that right about a, two months or so before I was released was when I was connected to that forensic peer mentor who had really helped me with that, um, that, that last minute reentry plan. Um, and then when I got out, you know, I, I knew that I knew that I didn't have anywhere to live. Okay. And so a lot of people have to be mandated to certain things, but I ended up, and I think this made the whole difference for my life. And it's scary because like when you've done three years, you don't want to do something like this. But I ended up um, committing myself to voluntarily committing myself to a, a women's halfway house in an area of Georgia that I had no idea. I'd never even been there before. So um, after doing three years, it's like, that's the last thing you want to do is do another year somewhere. And I mean, it was huge. And, you know, I couldn't believe that I was doing that, but I also knew I didn't have anywhere to live. And I also knew the fear of going back was stronger than the fear of having to submit another year of my life to something that I don't even know if it'll work out. But it did for anyone, even if somebody who's just getting sober, yeah. somebody who's screwed up and, to commit to a year. I know. A year, and I didn't, a lifetime. It, and you know, you feel like you've, you've already lost so much of your life. I mean, all these years of addiction, you've learned all about the beauty of recovery and you've been in prison for three years. You don't want to go somewhere for a year, you know? Um, and you know, but I, I also, I was more afraid to not have somewhere to lay my head at night and, and, you know, and I had already told myself I wasn't going to reach out to anyone, you know, from my past. I was really going to keep it nice and limited to just family and what, doing what I had to do to pick up my pieces. Because I had every piece you could pick up, I had to pick back up. I mean, everything down to clothes, um, to figuring out a job and just saving money and this and that. And so um, I, the first six months of me being out, uh, I, I mean, I didn't have a cell phone for like a, a month. I mean, you name it. I mean, everything was baby steps. but. Uh, you couldn't knock a smile off my face, that's for sure. And so I ended up uh, for the first six months, you know, I didn't, I didn't reach out to anybody. Like for all I, for all they knew, I was just still in prison or falling off the face of the map anyway. And, and so I didn't reach out. And I think the biggest part of that was inside. I wanted to, I had learned that like, it doesn't matter what happens to you. It's what you do about it. And I had slowly through that mentorship that followed me outside of prison too, started learning about these certifications where you can, you can use your experience to help other people. And, and so I was pursuing that. And so I didn't want to reach out to anyone um, until I had something I could say I was doing about what happened to my life. You know, yes, I went to prison, but I learned that you can take every sentence you can say whatever you want to say. It can be as bad as you want, but you do not finish that sentence until you end it with something positive. So I would say, yes, I went to prison, but I found a strength I never knew I had, you know? So that's how, or yes, you know, I lost my mother, but now I get to be a part of, you know, suicide awareness and prevention and help other people not give up, including myself. You see, like I can say, you can say anything. It doesn't matter what it was. And so I wanted to be able to say, yes, this happened to me. I lived through years of addiction, went to prison of all places, but it gave me everything and equipped me to become what I am now, a certified peer specialist of addictive disease. Like, and so I couldn't say that until I got those certifications. And so it was just like, I wanted to have something to say about what I was doing about it.
And just, and to, to, just to bring it back to what you were sharing earlier is when you experience these moments of pain or grief in real time, you've essentially trained your mind to understand that this is just a but waiting to happen. That essentially right. any exactly. negative we experience can be turned into a positive if we, if we work through it. Yep, I agree. That's exactly right. And, and I've actually, you know, I've found outlets of expression. You've talked about like, you know, social media and, you know, choosing to be vulnerable. Like it's freeing every time you, you do give those details, but there's a strength-based way that I go about delivering that message. Um, and I was, if I'm like going through, I've had a couple dark places that I've reached over the years. I've been, I got released July 30th, 2015. So I've been out for some years now. Um, got to some, you know, had some experiences, you know, um, that people experience in life that were pretty dark and, and I would just pick up that pen and I would just start writing and I would just start writing, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not post anything on social media or I wouldn't like say it's completed until I, I finished it with something positive until I turned it around. If I didn't turn it around in my writing, you know, and that was the intention and goal from the beginning. If, you know, it might seem like, you know, I'm, and not everybody's like that. I, and I still appreciate those writings that I read that aren't like that. But for me, if I'm going to start this, if I'm getting out the pen and paper, then my goal is no matter how I'm feeling in this moment of beginning, like I'm going to make it work for me somehow. And it's going to turn into some sort of hopeful thing by the end of it. And if you go back and look at some of my stuff, you'll see how I've been able to flip it. It doesn't mean that it was there at the beginning of me writing it, but by the end of it, I've tried to make the full circle, meaning trying to make it, you know, work for me. And, uh, and, and I think that's what people, um, people at least they've expressed that they love about it, you know, and they, they can't get enough of it. Like you said, I mean, people are hungry for hope. Um, and, and I've tested, I've seen stuff, you know, you could, you can see it numbers wise here and there, but like, you know, just as uh, more people want, you know, positive, hopeful things, you know, and I just want my life to be a testament of that, you know, um, I've experienced a lot of things that people haven't. And then there's a lot of people who have experienced those things. And it's just like a win-win when you, when you choose to share that. So I've, I've liked to, you know, I don't want to help be held captive by my own self. So I'm going to be as vulnerable as I can, you know, and then there's times and places where, you know, you'll find that you can really go deep or really go dark or, or whatever you need to do with certain people in certain situations. But overall, I've just redefined my life and who I am and what I'm trying to be. And, and I hope 10 years from now, I'm like this completely different person, you know, because I've gained all these other things, you know? And so, I think um, overall, I'm just excited about life. You know, I, I love that I'm able to be counted on, you know, my family and friends and stuff like that. And I mean, they come to me and it strengthens me. I'm, I'm able to help other, I'm able to just share. I think, you know, that's the, the best thing that has come from any of it is I've got a story and I can tell it and um, it's given me purpose. You know, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life before <laughs> any of this happened to me. So it's also a gift. Right on. I can keep talking, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, this is all good. I mean, it's, it's an interesting take because for me, you know, like uh, I think that we crave 
realness, authenticity, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, and I admire the, a story, you know, having a, like a positive ending, you know, but a, a lot of times I, and I, and I do believe we're we're, we're kind of responsible for creating that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's just, it's interesting to me because I don't think I ever, I can relate to what you're talking about when you, when you confronted yourself and you started writing and I think a lot of times we live as, you know, on the, I get, I get weird. I, like I said, I'm getting spacey, but like we're on this planet, right? And we're peopling yeah. on this planet. We're human beings. We're these weird expressions of consciousness. And we're living our whole lives not realizing that we're thinking. And we've got right. all these narratives in our mind about who I am, who you are, what this is, what that is, what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing, all the while feeling all this shit. And it's like, ooh, that hurts, that feels bad, but this feels really good. So we're just kind of like monkeys, just going to whatever makes us happy or whatever in any moment. And when I finally confronted myself the way you described, it was an endlessly fascinating experience to see the way I perceived reality to see the way that I perceived my past. It was exercising all the things I'd carried around subconsciously. You know, the whole act of writing and expressing these things. Like, like you, I didn't publish anything for months. I was just so, there was some, and that's the thing is I'm, I've been thinking about recently was like, it wasn't, there's a lot of things that happen to us that are not up to us. You know, like we end up in the jail cell and we have a hot flash and all of a sudden we're in a surrender position and our whole life changes. You haven't used a substance since, right? Right. It's the same way as Bill W from the, the, the Alcoholics Anonymous book, you know, he wakes up in a, in the hospital for the third time and has that surrender spiritual experience and his life changes. And, and this happens to tons of different people throughout history. Uh, the part that's like endlessly fascinating to me is, is the idea that, you know, as the days unfold, if I'm truly surrendered to this process, it means I'm not going to really get to decide who or how I show up. And it's interesting talking to you because you seem to have a trajectory or a decision about yourself of, of how you're going to show up. Right. Yeah, and I... And, and, and part of just that is just, you just keep moving, you know, you just keep moving. And, you know, sometimes people, even in, in your thought, I just can't get, I, I don't want to get stuck in it. Like, you know, I, I want to just, I want it no matter what happens, you know, I just feel like we're stronger and we're more capable and we're more powerful than anything that happens. So let's just learn what we can from it and just keep moving. There's just, I mean, that's what life does. That's what our truths do. They just keep moving, you know, and, and changing. So I feel like, you know, when I'm just living life, I'm just kind of going with the trajectory of life, you know, just continuing to move, you know, and, and anything that tries to tell us that you can't, keep moving I just I don't even agree or it doesn't I don't comprehend that you know and I and, and you know some fun stuff that I do you know that I think these thoughts just kind of like begin to manifest itself in other ways is you know through exercise and, and like physical you know achievements and you know the mental strength that comes behind like a friend like three marathons now something I just remember at one point never in my life did I think that I could do such a thing. I mean, it was just like unreal. And, uh, and, and then like, you know, just 
doing all of these things with no music. I mean, just your heartbeat and just your breath. And you're just like climbing these mountains and just your thought. I mean, I, I just, I just love it. Um, and, and, you know, so sometimes I have create these plans. I have no idea how it's going to go, but I just choose to be intentional about it. I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. You know, um, I think that, you know, life and, I just, I think that it will keep getting better. It'll, it'll have hard times and, you know, things will be different. I, I, I hope it is different. You know, I hope it does keep getting different and, you know, I don't want everything to be all, all the same, but I don't think there's something in me. I don't know why or what it is, but I truly think that I'm not ever going to have to go and experience some of the pain that I've experienced before. Like for some reason, I just feel like I'm on the other side of that. And, you know, maybe, maybe it'll just be different, but it feels really good inside to know that I healed from something that I never thought I would ever heal from. You know, I didn't think I was going to be able to stand up or even take that next breath from that jail cell on, on January 17th. I mean, if you could die of grief, that was it, you know, and there was no hope, like no more hope. And, and, and I didn't, and I'm here and I'm here to talk about it today and tomorrow and then the next day. and then you know, just continuing to apply all the things that I learned, but always remembering those things, you know, I think that as we go through life, like you're thinking, we're doing all this stuff, but meanwhile, we're just thinking the whole time, but I just, I think it's important to be intentional, not to forget, you know, not to forget all the things that are beautiful and all the things that you did learn. And, and that's why I love writing too, because I can go back and, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember when that clicked and, and just continuing to apply that and then helping others like with their stories. Like I, I learned so much more about me. I just, I have this belief that like we are all here because we gain strength from each other and it doesn't have to be like in just recovery. It doesn't have to be just anything. Like we wouldn't be here if we weren't supposed to be here together. And, and so I seek to look for that connection and whatever strength we can gain from just other people in a very positive, loving way. And, um, and I think that, you know, that love is at the root of everything that we do. And that's a whole nother topic, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, today I, I, I feel love. I, I have love for me and it feels good because at one point mm -mm, I was a totally different person. I mean, empty and not loving. <laughs> and, you know, I felt like I was super smart, but I was not a loving person. And, and it was, I just love that we have the capacity to change and to break down and to surrender and redefine ourselves. Um, so I like the, uh, the story that I'm creating. Oh yeah. That's another thing before I had really, you know, done, I guess what the world would consider much, you know, cause I had done a lot of work for years in prison, but you know, before I had really done much, you know, even back then in that halfway house, like I, you know, six months into it, I'm like, I'm good. I want to leave. There's nothing else I can learn here. I can't really relate to any of these people. I've got a lot of clean time under my belt and I'm getting these certifications six months into it. Now I committed to a year, but everything inside of my mind wanted me to wanted to go. Like I thought I was good and I'm just a volunteer. So why not leave? And there was something that hit me again that said, you know what? If you don't finish this, who's to say you'll finish anything in life? And that started just resounding in my mind. Where did and that then, come from? I don't know, but I am so grateful for that because it, it, I just remember it was two things. It was 
if I don't finish what I start, then I'll never finish what I start in the future. It's got to start right now. And then the second thing is, is I'm at a point now where it's not even just about me anymore. It's going to, it's about, you know, cause that those thoughts, Oh, I want to leave. I want to do this. I'm good. Those are all thoughts about me, you know? And so I had this, you know, realization that, you know, it's not, it's not about me anymore. It's about the story I want to tell one day. And so six months into it, I was like, you know what? The story that I want to tell one day is that I finished what I started or uh, the story I want to tell one day is that, you know, I never went back to prison or the story I wanted to say is that, you know, I, you know, I never had to, I, I could make, you know, I can make all of this and turn it into something. I don't know what, I can turn it into something, damn it, you know? And, uh, and so I share that right now because there's something about, you know, being able to look in retrospect and, and creating it, what this, what it is you want. You, you may not know how you're going to create that to be your reality, but today I can say I finished that at my house and I kept my, my commitment today. I can say I've never moved back. And today I can say I never used again, you know, and you know, today I, I have this story today. I can say I spoke to, to thousands of people one time, you know, or I, you know, now, in the director of that forensic peer mentoring program that I was a participant in when it very, when it first started, you know, I can say that the same feds that knocked down the door of the day that I was arrested are the same federal government that I was just on the phone with earlier today who designated me the director of the program. You know, I can say all these things, you know, about my life now, but it was because I, at one point said, you know what, it's about the story I want to tell. And it helps me get out of that moment of like throwing in stuff just because of an emotion you're experiencing that may be really strong, you know, and, and it's really, it's really helped me. So you ask, you know, what, what is it that told you that? I have no idea, but I think that that's that, that deep spiritual part that, um, you know, is there and any chance that something like that shows its face, it's just like, I'm gonna grab onto it and it just it was so clear so i seek out those moments in life so. what's uh um i got i got a couple closing questions sure. uh, what so you got out of the the halfway house about three years ago right three and a half years ago yes what was your aim like what what, what would you, what would you say your aim is today like, I know you want to tell your story. Do you have an idea of how you want to synthesize that? Or is there like a form that it could represent, be it book or film or audio? Oh, yeah. Do you have so, an idea of where you want to go? So the first part of that question is like, what was I thinking? So um, 30, day, 30 days before I left that halfway house, I mean, I had already put my 30-day notice in, you know, I did the whole thing. I had, um, I left um, on August 8th. Um, of 2016 I started my new job on August the 10th like it was like just streamlined like all these beautiful things happened right then which isn't the case for everyone but I was like you know so I went straight into this recovery field um, and hit the road like all over the state telling my story and and helping others tell theirs and so that that in and of itself just truly strengthened me and and i was a part of a workforce that everybody was in recovery and all of that so i think that that, that 
that truly helped me figure out and get exposure um, in a safe way, you know. Um, and, you know, over, over the years, you know, I became, um, you know, excited to tell my story and, you know, yes, you know, the first year of my incarceration, I sat down and it turned into like a 500 page handwritten life story, <laughs> like, uh, when I was just trying to make sense of myself. And, and so my dream is to publish that. Um, and, and I've thought of a lot of things, even once I had moved to prison and, and all of that, of like the layout of the book and, you know, how I would, um, you know, how would I, how would I, I would frame it and, and this and that. So yeah, I would love it to be a book. And, you know, a lot of people share that, um, you know, it could even be a film one day. So yeah, I think that that would be really exciting just to continue to use, use my, my experiences, which is my greatest tool to continue to help other people. Um, I love that the sky is the limit and, uh, you know, I've shared with you before, you know, many little, you know, side jobs and things like that, that helped me develop all these different types of skills and because of recovery and because of the, the mind, the clear clarity that I gained because of recovery, like I am, uh, healthier than ever. I can just, you know, get up and go and go all day. And, and I just have the courage to really go after, you know, anything. I mean, I just, I love working with people. I, I really do. And, um, I would love to, to, you know, maybe one day have a, a family or something. I mean, who knows if not, you know, I don't know, but then I could like, you know, have a book and I have these kids. I don't know. Who knows? So, so a boat, a boat too, and kids. A book. Oh, a book. I'm sorry. Book. I mean, a boat, too. Let's do a boat. Yeah, boats are awesome. I love boats. I mean, I would love to have one, sure. I would like, you know, just all the little things that I, I just, you know, I lost my mom. And, you know, there's so many things that I understand now that I am, you know, older and I get it. And I've, I've had to face so many things. So there's a part of me that can't help but think that I might might be a good mom one day who knows i'll play in this podcast one day who knows <laughs> so anyway i don't know uh there's a lot of other things you know traveling the world creating my own organization um i, I want to for the longest i didn't have a voice i didn't think that anything i said made any sense or it was just stupid and and things like that you know and of course the addiction didn't help anything but it wasn't until I found my voice that I, I began to really feel what it feels like to be empowered and to feel that God that lives inside of us. And, you know, and, and it is, it is, it was just through that. And so I want to help other people find their voice as well. Make an international program. Who knows? <laughs> so. Right on. Well, I can speak for myself that the book, I would love to read it. If it ever gets, if it ever gets ready or you put it together the way you like it. Mm -hmm. I know it can be a challenge to to do something like that. Uh, it takes a little bit of time, but yeah, I uh, I want to ask one one question to end. Just uh, and you can think about it for a second. But the the idea is, if if tomorrow is your perfect day, and you wake up in the morning, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. What's happening in your perfect day? Um, mm -hmm. My perfect day. I feel like my answer is just going to be like, uh, I don't know. Um, what's the word? So common and simple, but I think that sometimes the best part of life is when we simplify it. 
you know? Uh, so I would love to wake up without an alarm clock and just naturally wake up. And I love coffee and <laughs> I would love like just plain coffee, not coffee in a cup, like nothing crazy. <laughs> and, no. Like, like strong coffee in a cup. Like I make the best. Um, and then I would, I would love to just get in my car and I would love to go somewhere outside. I enjoy being outside in nature. So if there was like the perfect day means there'd be perfect weather, um, meaning the sun would be out and I would like to watch the sunrise. Um, and then obviously at the end, the sunset, I want all of that in my life. <laughs> um, but I would, you know, there's a part of me that has really learned. I've obviously had years of experience of being by myself and, and, and I love it. <laughs> like there's a part of me on this perfect day that would love to, you know, just have that me time, you know, but then there's some other things that make me feel really alive that do involve other people. Um, having conversations that are like of substance and depth and just being able to, you know, talk about, um, you know, our why, you know, and our reason and just exploring thoughts. And so I would love like half of my day to be like, you know, where time stopped because we were just caught up in a conversation where, you know, we're just thinking about behavior and not necessarily just ours, just this life, you know, and, and, and or like why things are happening and just going deep, you know, you can't always do that with everybody. Um, but, uh, but I personally love it. And, and there's a few friends of mine that we can get like that, but it seems like there's always like, you have to cut it off because it's like too late now, or, or we have to do something or something else is happening. So just to be able to like, not have a time limit on that, I think that would be beautiful. And it doesn't involve watching a movie. It doesn't involve anything like that, even though those things are fun. But like my perfect day would be like, you know, half of that time just appreciating and loving me and just thinking and, and, and not necessarily feeling like I have to work and all of that. And then the other half just connecting on a deep level. And if, so, you, if you had to work, what would that work be? If you were paid to do, do what you love, what would you be paid to do? I would have learned how to be like this awesome, like motivational speaker um, and, you know, just learning the technique and all of that. It's so, been fun and I have like a long way to go, but I just, when I, I enjoy it and I listen to people talk all the time, like, you know, and they just speak right to my heart and I just want to be able to do that to others, you know? And I think that that would be awesome to just go all over the world and get to travel and learn their cultures, and just be able to motivate and like help lift up, you know, whether it's a child or, or someone else who maybe just kind of lost their fight in life. I just want to be able to like, give them that little boost, you know, um, just to try it again or, or get back up or here's a hand or, or, you know, just help change perspective. And, um, and I think I can do that with like, you know, speaking and stuff. If I could learn and practice it. Well, the, it, had, it had an effect on me because after our conversation the other day, yeah, you no, know, I, I had, I hadn't written anything really in weeks. And I've been writing nonstop since basically we got off the phone. It was like that night I couldn't go to sleep. There's a, I had that pull where it's like, there's something that wants to get written. And I was, I was like, no, but I want to go to sleep, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 
But then I said, fuck it. And I just pulled my phone out and started writing and I haven't stopped. And it's been, it's been a trip because that's the foundation of who I am today started the same as yours. I had to get all the stuff, all my past experiences and all my, what I'd been through out of me so I could view it objectively. I needed to understand who I was or who I had been. Yeah. So now, now the, I guess something happened where the floodgate has opened, you know, that's what I say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I do think, I think our energies has have an influence on people. It's like, I don't know if that would have started happening if we hadn't had that conversation. Cause my, one of my biggest issues is I'm going to literally sit and meditate myself into non-action. Like I'll straight up, I can be still and content with, I'll drink three, four cups of that coffee and like never leave my backyard. <laughs> you know, I'll yeah. go look at bugs. I'll look at squirrels and then I'll go jog around the neighborhood and that'll be my day. Like, um, and so it was interesting after talking to you cause my whole, especially since being on the road, it was brought to my attention how effective action is. That one little step, one little action, sharing the thing you're afraid to share, saying the thing you're afraid to say, expressing yourself in some way, builds momentum. It does. And uh, yeah, it was just like hearing your story and how you perceive things, it's some, it must have triggered something in me because I was like, yeah, there's like, there's no reason not to share our truth. There's no reason not to be open about who, who we are and where we're trying to go. I feel like people need that, you know? And I mean, I know that I was that person. I didn't know I needed it until I was listening or until it was being said or until this word happened at this time in my life, you know? And then all of a sudden it was just like right on. And, and you just never know. I think that's happening as we speak. I mean, millions of things are happening right now in the midst of this conversation um that may not make sense until later but um i think it is our job to continue to act and to continue to explore um explore our mind explore the world and and i guess that's the kind of i guess little childlike thing inside of me like when i want to go okay i want to go somewhere outside i just want to go see stuff like what are you looking for i don't know i just want to go look you know what does it feel like what does it taste like what you know, what, what's under this rock, you know, or what if I go down here? Is that even the trail or who cares? You know, let's just get lost, you know? And, and it's just like, I have this like explorer, like mindset, um, not just, you know, thoughtfully, but like outside and just doing stuff, you know, but yeah, action, action, momentum, being productive. I don't know. It just makes me feel good inside. So today I just, I want to make sure that, you know, I live a life where I feel good. Where you feel good? Where I feel good, you know? I want to feel good inside, you know? And, you know, obviously using drugs doesn't make you feel good inside, you know? And, you know, keeping my story locked up doesn't make me feel good inside, you know? It makes it, it, it frees me. It makes me feel free when I share my story and it frees other people and hearing their responses makes me feel good. So it's just about learning how to make yourself feel good and, and free. And, right. In a sustainable way, right? Like, in a sustainable way, yeah. And, and and I think that the more empowered we feel through those, you know, moments where we choose, hey, I'm not going to be held captive by this. I'm going to share it, you know, and I'm going to just believe that this is going to be important or it's or it is going to affect something. You know, a lot of people advocate and inside they don't really know if it's going to even matter. But you have to believe that it does and do it anyway, you know, and, and, you, and that takes a lot of courage. 
So there's an idea I've been playing around, two ideas I've been playing around with. One is that, that happiness is here, that there's nowhere to go. The moment we can actually like, if someone's listening right now, the moment that you can actually realize that you're safe, you're breathing, everything is fine. Like everything's okay. The moment you, you feel as if reality itself is embracing you, like it's happening right now. And it's Mm -hmm. one in a billion shot that we get to exist and you don't have any thoughts about it or feelings about it. And you're just like, this is what it is. Like happiness can be right here. So there's nowhere for us to try to go to get it. Right. Right. And, and that's to, to me, that's what's so interesting about a sustainable, sustainable happiness is like, if I can get myself out of the way of how I think reality should be, I can enjoy it for what it actually is, which is yeah. just the moment in time and space. Then the other thing I was thinking about, which I want to get your thoughts. I just want to hear what you think about this, but the other morning I woke up and I, and I said, what if, what if I pretend that everyone I encounter today is just, is, is, is basically, is just me talking to me in the form of someone else. <laughs> so the idea I, was. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's essentially, I think, but I guess I feel like whether it's a person or whether it's a thing that you encounter, those encounters are happening to, I mean, this is a belief, but those encounters are happening to help us learn who we are. So if those encounters are just us or a piece of us that we're interacting with or learning about because we're all just, we're all just here and we're all one and we're just supposed to learn. You know, I just feel like that's the goal of life is just to continue to like, you know, learn who you are. But man, like what if, what if, you know, what if every single person is just us talking to ourselves? It reminds me of this book that I've been reading actually. Um, it's called uh, the conversations with God. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it is like this person. It's like, they are having a conversation with God and it's like, but they're really talking to themselves the whole time. It, it, it's wild. It's, it's actually really cool that you just said that. Um, because, you know, I think that, you know, there's so much to learn from everybody, but we're learning it to develop ourselves. So I don't know. That's wild. I'm going to go the rest of my day thinking like that. Yeah. I mean, it happened happened because I kept getting annoyed at my roommate and I kept getting annoyed. (laughs) Like people kept, so one of the the tidbits of truth I discovered when, when I came, when that happened, when I decided to do that experiment was for some reason, people were telling me things, uh, suggesting things to me. And for some reason, my instant response was just like, no, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> and these are people that love me or care about me saying, yo, bro, I think you should focus on this area. And my parents being like, eh, I think you should focus on this area. And they're all saying the same thing. Yet for some reason, I'm totally resistant to it. Yeah. And that, that made me realize like, what if I just, what if I pretended that, what if I pretended that what I'm hearing is, is for me to receive it and really listen mm-hmm. from me? Yeah. And I guess they kind of able to receive it a little bit better, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was like, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's it. What it did, it, it like it it uh, it it it's it disconnected me from. So like my view, the perspective, the way I view my roommate Stefan. So I have a narrative of who he is in my mind because we spend so much time together mm-hmm. that I don't see him for who he really is. You know, like in the moment because I've got 
baggage, just like every, we all do. We kind of form a value or an identity on a person and they're like your family. Like how, how can I, like if I spoke to people on the street, the way that I could like be rude to my brother or sister when I was kids, it would like never fly. <laughs> right. And it's the same way with, with, with my roommate. It was just a, it was like you were saying like a learning experience in real time when I realized I'm devaluing his perspective and his opinion for no reason, just because I'm around him and I don't want to hear it. Right. And so I had to, ch- I had to change that. And, uh, but isn't it cool that you can change it? You can make the choice to change it and to like look at ourselves and giving, like being able to look and have that pause and like being able to, well, what if I thought about it this way? Just having that, you know, capability to do that is I think really fun. Yeah. yeah. It feels like full-time Kung Fu. Cause like, I'm, yeah. you feel it. You don't just, think, it's like, there's a constriction. Like when I'm uh-huh. out, I can tell something's happening. And so that it's almost like there's the data points that are causing this. Elicit- you get angry. What? <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't think I could. I didn't know it existed. In me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can get frustrated really, really, especially when I, when there's something going the way I don't like, it's usually when I have expectations or when I think things should go a certain way or I feel entitled, I'll get angry. I'll get upset and frustrated. Mm -hmm. And a lot, and the thing that's been better recently has been, I haven't been directing it at myself. And that's, that was something I had to learn how to do because I, I used all the art, the writing, the music, the podcasting. I used all of it as a form to, to, I guess capture my angst and try to make it useful but it wasn't helpful for me because it wasn't it was it was keeping it contained within my I was almost containing myself in my own suffering I didn't know how to disconnect or I didn't know how I didn't know how to believe in things beyond myself Mm -mm. Um, and so this whole process for me has been learning how much I don't know and how much better things go when it's really not up to me Right. Yeah, it's just kind of more freeing that way. And, you know, they say that true knowledge is to know that you know nothing. <laughs> yeah, Socrates. And, and, yeah, and then this book this morning was just talking about how, you know, um, even truth changes, changes because life changes. And tr- your truth is created by you and your perspective. And And when I said, you know, like 10 years from now, I hope that, I hope that my thoughts have just expanded and, and my truth has continued, you know, to be unlimited as well. And so anyway, but we're, we're a lot more, it's like, are we really like losing control of it and feeling free or are we actually, you know, I think that you can detach so that you can control your, your happiness. If that makes any sense. Like, I don't know. I, I think freedom, true freedom is having no choice at all. So yeah. we don't accept that. <laughs> accepting that. The most natural and intuitive things that flow through me, I'm not choosing. They're just happening. And it's the same with like when I'm attracted to someone or when there's a certain music that I like or a film that I watch. I'm not right. deciding to like these things or gravitate towards them. Just there. It's just, it's, it's going on its own. It's Bruce Lee likes to call to uh, refer to it as like the flow state is like, you want to be like flowing water. You're just, mm-hmm. the energy's there. It's all within us and it'll flow through. Yep. And uh, I've done a lot of writing uh, in relating to water and energy and 
And it kind of goes and backs up what I was saying earlier about like just continuing to move. There's just really something to it, (laughs) you know, and life, I think sometimes tries to stop us from moving. I've had to learn how to move in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I know. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I feel like I could actually like, I need to like come like meet up and just talk for hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I go hiking all the time. We could go explore. Yeah. Let's go find stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. I appreciate you for um, selecting me. I have a lot of cool uh, people to introduce you to as well, as far as just, just incredible minds and thoughts, uh, from others that have just continued to pour into my life as well. Or maybe it was just me talking to me and I just want to introduce you to another me. (laughs) (laughs) There's a, yeah, Yeah, the shin, the shins have a quote from one of their songs. They say there's a million, there's a thousand different versions of yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the Hindus have this weird, their whole take on God or, yeah, the essence of spiritual or beingness is like this multi-million armed, um, like, like, like Shiva creature. And that God is like a, it's like a, we're all these like tentacles or arms of this one thing basically vibrating through time and space that it's all one. Anyway, yeah, it's pretty, it's. That's interesting. I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah, in my, mind, in, my, in my mind, I'm picturing Goro from Mortal Kombat. But yeah, thank <laughs> you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm just looking at my notes. That's it. Thanks for joining. All right. Take care. Thank you. You too.
Someday somebody's gonna make you wanna turn around and say goodbye.